Ooh, man. Uh, remember to read more comics. It is the basis of all your pop culture. Damn it. Alive and undead. I am your host, Daniel Crozier, and I am joined by Todd Jones and Neil Greenaway of Wicked West Comic Expo. Todd and Neil, how are you guys? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. So much energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You guys must be burnt out putting on this uh, tremendous event. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Also, okay. That's, yeah. That's, that's going to be my good response for everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Great. Uh, guys, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, you know, how you, you guys got involved putting on uh, this uh, amazing event, Wicked West Comic Expo. Uh, yeah, Todd, can we start with you? No. <laughs> no, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Start with me. Um, yeah. I, I've, uh, well, I, as you, as you know, Dan, I um, I'm an independent uh, comic publisher. Uh, mm -hmm. My own uh, series of Wicked Awesome Tales. It's a anthology book that a bunch of other people contribute to, and um, and and some other comics. Todd is both the artist, author, and publisher of the Wicked West uh, Comic Expo and the Wicked Awesome Tales. Nice comic yeah. series. An anthology sci-fi series which has been running for in excess of 12 issues. A feat unto itself in independent publishing. Yeah, that is... He's a, he's a big fan. Yeah. I, I don't say. Neil's a tremendous spokesperson for you, Tom. He, he really is. He really is. If I could just have him do all of my talking, that'd be great. I, on the other hand, started in comics journalism and moved into guest relations in 2017 or 18 and uh i got into this particular convention last year when it started up yeah um and that's how we met too is we met at you know at a convention i think it was at dink dink 2016 actually but when when i first got involved in working in conventions um it was because some friends of mine at griffin griffin games and comics said that a guy had come in there and, and he wanted to talk to somebody who, you know, was involved in comics because they were wanting to put on um, a convention, uh, you know, for CSU. It was like a, right. it was a student group. I can't even remember what it's called. It's, the name has changed now. But anyways, he, 
we ended up doing one that's called the Foco Comics and Gaming Festival. But initially, he was just inviting me to the show. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm nobody. Why do you want to invite me to the show? I mean, I think that's great. Uh, I, of course, I'll come. But who, who are your guests? And he's like, oh, I was actually hoping you could help me with that. And so then I just started reaching out to friends. And um, I just ended up becoming more and more involved and basically became his exhibitor coordinator for that show. And then from there, I ended up meeting um, some guys that were putting on the Fort Collins Comic Con and ended up joining their team like the following year. And um, they're a great bunch of guys too. Um, and, you know, I, I had laid out a blueprint to do a con over at the ranch and um, we had talked about maybe doing FOCO over there at one point, but, uh, it but you just, know, it's technically not in Fort Collins anymore. And, you know, right. we didn't want to lose any of those sponsors. So I just decided I was going to, you know, do a, another show over there. just at a different time of the year. Right. And just to clarify, the ranch is at, is uh, on the outskirts of uh, Loveland, Colorado, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, in this mythical place known as Sentara. Um, mm -hmm. At least that's how they, I guess, you know, it's described. Um, yeah. But yeah, technically it's Loveland. Uh, Budweiser Event Center is right next to it. So it's the best way to tell people how to get there. Right. Wow. That's awesome. The, uh, um, so it, it sounds like, uh, this, this has taken place over the, just the, the last couple of years, you getting into vet events and, uh, and, and launching your own. And then, you know, the, the two of you have, uh, you know, met over at, at Dink, as you said, uh, yeah. And to be honest, I thought you guys knew each other from, you know, way further back. Uh, I'll tell this because it's a charming story. The way we met at Dink 2016 was I was working for Bleeding Cool and I was walking around taking pictures uh, just for a walk around the convention article. And I walked up and I asked him if I could take his photograph and he asked why. And I said, <laughs> don't worry, it's just for my spank bank. At which point he posed. So uh, yeah, I took the photo and we've been that's friends partially, That's partially true. No, 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 no. As I recall it, that's reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's a widely believed fact. That's that's awesome. Uh, you know, and, and that's why people came to Dink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. So so that's that's where you guys initially met, and then you've guys just been uh, you know kind of talking over over the last couple of years or or, you know, Todd, when you were getting getting going, did you right away reach out to Neil and it's like, dude, I need oh. help? Oh, yeah. No, right away. Because uh, he he had kind of been encouraging me for a while, too, to that, you know, he thought that we should put a show on. And um, as well as, like, some other friends. And uh, I don't know. I, I'd been kind of thinking about it, but I knew that it would also take a lot of time and um and then just with with work and with foco it, it, there was already a, a you know kind of a lot on my plate so I, I didn't know that i really wanted to you know take that on but yeah. but when he said he would help i was like oh okay all right let's let's give it a shot then yeah, yeah. that's that's cool the uh yeah and neil you you've got your own uh online outfit uh yeah nerd team 30 right yeah, uh, Nerd Team 30 is a company that I started in 2015. And at first it started as a, 
sort of a Bleeding Cool offshoot. It's where the articles that Bleeding Cool didn't want to buy showed up. Okay. And then it occurred to me, I have a website where I post articles and I'm giving my best material to someone else. That mm. didn't make much sense. So I started publishing all of my own articles. Mm. Uh, but as, as an entity, Nerd Team 30 has done an about face, turned left 90 degrees and changed everything we were about at least five times. So yeah. I think you also have like unboxing videos. Oh, yeah. No, at first it was an unboxing video channel because wow. that's what Bleeding Cool didn't want. And then it moved into interviews and then it moved into nerd news and ex like uh, releases and things like that. Nice. Then it became convention support, uh, all sorts of things. These days I publish mostly other people's articles on the site. And uh, my work is more behind the scenes. Okay, that's that's cool. The uh, um, you know with, with uh, you know Wicked West, uh, you know Todd, um, you know how did you come up with the you know the concept? Because to me, it, it's you know, a little bit more kind of uh, horror related. I know last year you had a number of uh, horror related guests that I connected with. Um, was that the initial driving theme, or is that just kind of a, a bit of an offshoot? No, I think that's just an offshoot. Like I, uh, I, I didn't really know honestly that we had that many horror related guests. I mean, we had some artists that were horror related, but but no, I, I actually just wanted to do something that was more focused on comics and animation. Uh, part okay. of the reason why we ended up with the mascots, the you know, because some of my friends have complained that they they think that the mascots are are look a little too kitty. I I I love them though. Uh, Jason Mentz actually, I want to give a yeah. shout out. He actually design those mascots is that people hear the name wicked and they automatically assume that like oh there's you know something sinister about that and it's like no initially um the con was uh going to be called wicked awesome comic expo uh but uh, a lawyer was telling me that he thought that uh since there's an awesome con out in um i think it's out in dc uh that they could you know, possibly come after us for the name or something. I I, I don't know. If that's really the case, but just just to avoid any potential lawsuit, we went with uh, Wicked West. Okay. The politics of convention naming has gotten silly in the past few years, so why it, even toy with it? Yeah, yeah. it it has. Well, it, you know, like like Neil, uh, like recently, uh, uh, San uh, San Diego Comic Con was starting to go after so many other events, like even mainly Salt Lake. I think it was mainly Salt Lake because they they actually had the hyphen in their name and they were advertising with big trucks outside of their convention or something like that. I, you know, oh. I think that's that's just what I heard at the time. It must be a rumor. In the uh, so, I, I actually know this one too. Uh, the reason it all got in trouble was because Salt Lake decided to. I forget exactly what kind of sports car it was. Something fancy, something sharp. And they paid to have one of those vinyl wraps put around it, uh, oh. representing their convention. And then they paid somebody to drive it around San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego took it real personal. Yeah. But in the final uh, come down, in the final judgment, they did mention both Phoenix and Denver Comic-Cons by name. And it, mm. it got pretty much everyone across the country who was using those two particular words in that order to mm. stop. Especially with the, the hyphen, yeah. you know, I think that, that's the thing. I've seen a lot more comic conventions mm -hmm. spelled mm -hmm. all the way out. All the way out, yeah. Well, uh, geez, yeah, that, that is, uh, you know, if, if you're, uh, yeah, 
if you're an event, I mean, that's spooky enough, but if you're a smaller event too, just trying to get your legs underneath you, that's, that can be, uh, you know, pretty problematic and, and terrifying to, you yeah. know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the hyphen kills, man. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, so, you know, this is your second year that you guys are going into. You know, wh what are the dates and, and who can we expect to see as, as your, your featured guests? Um, well, the, the dates are April 15th and 16th. Um, and our guests, are, like I said, we, we're, we're still trying to stick with with comics and animation because uh, not that I have a big problem with celebrity guests, but I just feel like, I, you know this from being on the other side of the table, that it's the more celebrity guests there are to show, the harder it is for the little guys to make anything because people will come in, they want to get that picture with the celebrity, then right. they want to get that autograph. And for some guys, it's it's as much as like $80 or something uh, for each. Uh, so then by the time they spend all that money, they don't have enough to spend on the creators and other people um, who basically kind of help to pay for those celebrity guests to be there in the first place. Yeah. Um, and we just want we just wanted our convention to be more focused on you know comics and animation and and celebrating uh you know the people in, the, in those industries so mm -hmm. um that's you know pretty much what we're going for but our guests this year we we've got um rio and rob burton tom mm -hmm. cook ben dunn the philbach brothers uh nice. ron fortier is returning uh rafael Ma maladano bad hand sorry I'll <laughs> Having problems speaking for some reason. Like Pat Shand, Honor Vincent, Greg Wiseman. You know, it's. Uh, and I, I know that we've got a couple of guys that are coming in from the animation field again this year, like Greg Wiseman and Tom Cook. Um, ben Dunn was actually a really good get for us this year. He's the uh, head of Antarctic Publishing, oh, and cool. they've been around for ages. Yeah, yeah. and they are also really really cool about helping unpublished artists and authors get their first story in a diamond listed book yeah and I think that's an awesome get for the independent people that will be at our show uh it it offers slightly more to yeah. them in value for their table than just showing up and making what you can from your own product uh i like to think we're also offering at least an opportunity to talk to somebody yeah he is also the creator of Warrior Nun, you know, which they mm, uh, on the second season on Netflix. Yep. And um, Ninja High School yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. God, he's mm -hmm. he's had a career already. That's and if you grew up in the 80s, uh, chances are you've seen a lot of uh, Tom Tom Cook's work um, in, in animation. I mean, He-Man and the Master of the Universe, Super Friends, um, uh, even King of the Hill. Uh, with Scooby Doo, Thundar the Barbarian. I'm trying to think what oh, else. Awesome. Tons, you know, tons of stuff. So, it, and this is the 40th, or is it the 40th or the 40? I think it's the 40th anniversary of Masters of the Universe. So, that was part of the reason we, you know, we brought him in. So, we thought it'd be fun to have him come. That. Uh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Those are all things that I grew up with. And, uh, you know, are near and dear to me, you know, Thundar, Masters of the Universe, uh, little Scooby action. Yeah. Yep. It's all good. Yep. Uh, let's hear who else we got. We've got the Philbach brothers coming out. 
and uh, they did Star Wars graphic novels for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And they also drew some Dawn for uh, Joseph Michael Linsner. Uh, they've done a bunch of stuff. But recently, they decided they were tired of issue-to-issue -issue, uh, output. And they were also tired of people telling them no to the stories they wanted to write. So they signed a contract with First Comics. Oh, cool. Where they get more or less creative control of what they put out. And it is all in graphic novel form. Mm -hmm. nice. They put out three or four graphic novels a year. And good Lord, some of them are three and four hundred pages. I, I think those boys wow. are monsters. I think one of my favorite title names of, that they have is the freaking butt kicking zombie ants. Yeah. That's, just, <laughs> yeah. that's gold. That's a good one. That's, that's a good just one. the gold. That's gold. Like, uh, they advertise that their hardcover shotgun to Sugarland. If you don't yeah. enjoy the read, it's heavy enough to use as a weapon. <laughs> so you double your investment right there. Carry that in your purse just in case you get mugged, right? Those, uh, in addition to the books they make, those two are just about as cowboy as any two guys I have ever met. And yeah. so it's worth coming out to talk to them just for a little bit of personality because they've got it. Nice. That's that's so cool. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like, you know, you, you've got a, an amazing selection of, uh, you know, comic book and, and, and uh, some animation, uh, you know, creative, uh, you know, creatives to, uh, being featured and stuff. Um, you know, with, with the state of the industry, like, you know, for some reason, so many people are, are moving away from, from comics, you know, I, I, which I think is, is pretty tragic. You know, do you see like a, any, uh, you know, kind of upswing in the industry as a whole? Yeah. Uh, whew, hard question. So yeah. sorry. No, it's okay. I do have an answer. Good. Uh, my answer there would be it depends on the circles you run in and the right. sad truth is these days it's a lot more who you know than what you know and i guess it probably always was but with social media and uh, just 100 visibility right. it is so much more obvious that there is a crowd that creates comics for the big two right and there is a crowd that does independent publishing and the two rarely cross Mm. Uh, so if you can get yourself into a DC or Marvel editor's good graces, sure, you can get good paying work. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, there are a lot of good books being put out right now through Kickstarter and uh, Indiegogo, all the other platforms that are just amazing, amazing yeah. books that the big publishers wouldn't even consider because they're not what's hot they're not trending they're not speaking to the audience that those two want to speak to but the audience those books do speak to still exists and it yeah. is worth catering to them yeah uh, i think that for a creator it's a difficult time to exist on comics right now a lot of them are being made on love yeah but i think that if you are a consumer it doesn't matter what you want to consume somebody is out there making it for you right now you just need to look Absolutely. Nice. Nice. The, um, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like yeah. So many uh, yeah indie comics are being self-published and financed through through crowdfunding. It, it's it almost feels like it. Yeah. It's it's uh you know the the next um you know business model for for independent uh, creators, especially mm -hmm. ones that 
even if you're attached to an independent, uh, you know, publisher, you, you might not necessarily need if, if you can, uh, you know, kind of cultivate your audience, especially through those social media platforms. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Based on that, yeah, are there any uh, you know creators and, and uh, books that uh, um, you know you would uh, definitely recommend? Obviously, you, you've listed a number with your guests. Um. Well, I will throw out one right now just because I know it's going and it's about halfway through the campaign. Mm. This may or may not be released in time. Uh, but Johnny Larson is a local Denver guy. He oh, cool. does really weird surrealistic oh, takes yeah. on things. And he's got a Kickstarter running right now for, uh, I believe it's Johnny's Warped Images or Images from Johnny's Warped Mind. If you're watching, I'm sorry, Johnny, I don't remember exactly. But uh, it's it's an amazing book. And his his takes on things are just different than anyone else I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, his surrealism is different than other people's surrealism. And I think cool. it's worth looking into. Cool. Uh, on a broader scale, one of our guests is uh, Pat Shand, who came up publishing a lot through Zenoscope. Um, and then he moved into stuff. He's done stuff for Marvel. Uh, he wrote Angel for a while. He wrote Charmed for quite a while. Uh, now he's doing almost exclusively crowdfunded things through his own publisher. Nice. Uh, uh, isn't, isn't this Johnny's, by the way? Yes. Late Night Musings. Late Night Musings, okay. The Art of Johnny Larson. Yeah. If you care, look it up on Kickstarter. Uh, but Pat, since he has moved almost entirely into his own uh, space between entertainment as his publisher, it's all through Kickstarter and other crowdfunding places. He's done so well, and his campaigns exceed the goals by so much that he is now starting another company where he will be advising independent publishers on how to run a better Kickstarter, helping them promote, uh, using his own channel to help promote the people who, uh, who want his help. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's also a pretty valuable uh, just asset that he brings to the table. It's worth talking to him about. Cool. Nice. Uh, we got a question that just came in uh, from our own uh, Brett Smith. Uh, do you Hi, have Brett. panels planned yet for Wicked West Comic Expo? Uh, those will probably be released uh, next week as we finalize the, the schedule with everyone because... I've cool. been talking cool. to some of the guests about like what they're, you know, willing to do and want we've, to do. We've got some cool panels coming up though. There's mm -hmm. going to be some interesting stuff. Yeah. I, Greg Wiseman's already, you know, I've already talked to him about doing an, a number of, which by the way, I want to gush about Greg Wiseman a little bit. Cause he, he was like somebody I was really excited about getting to come mm -hmm. to the show. Um, it, it, for those of you who don't know, he's a creator of Gargoyles. Yes, uh, he's. Yeah, I think he's. He's writing the new Gargoyles uh, series for Dynamite right now as wow. well. Wow. But I mean, um, the spectacular Spider-Man show. He was that, that was so popular. He was responsible for that. Obviously, all of Spider-Man. Um, I mean, Young Justice, um, cool. which I I think he'll probably have something to say about that at the show. I think he told me. He would, We'll see. I, don't, I, I, should, I should I should probably be quiet about that. But anyways, I'm super excited about having him. He was actually on the very first panel that I was ever on at Denver Comic-Con. Oh. I, I ever told you this story? It was no. terrifying to me. 
Um, and you were probably, you might be one of the guys responsible because apparently, um, like back in the day when it first started, got a table, you automatically agreed to be on a panel if they wanted you on a panel. And so like 15 minutes before the panel started, these guys came by and were like, Hey, we just wanted to remind you that your panel is in 15 minutes. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. You've you've got the wrong guy. (laughs) I didn't sign up for a panel. And they're like, no, you. You automatically agreed to be on a panel when you got a table at this show. So I was like, well, who else is on there? And they're like, uh, Mike Barron. I look down, Mike Barron's table is like a probably like two or three tables down for me. Uh, and that guy, you know, he, he leaves early sometimes. And so yeah. like the the sheet was already pulled over his table. And I was terrified that I was gonna be the only person to show up at this panel. So I begged Ron Fortier to come with me um to the panel and um we sit down in there and I'm just thinking we're like next to this podium. I'm like, okay, Ron, if they don't have a moderator, Ron will, will probably get up and talk and I'll just nod at everything he says. I'll just do. Yes. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the whole way through. And then the other guys come in. Oh my God. I have no idea looking at yeah. them, like who they are or anything, but they sit down and um, the guy on the very far end was Steven T. Siegel. And he ended up uh, moderating the panel. And he's like, let's start down there, you know, just reel off like what you've worked on so far. At that point, I'd worked for maybe three publishers, uh, one of which <laughs> was my own. So Ron goes, and I'm like, oh, gosh, you got to follow that. And then I go, and I'm like, it's over, you know, just relax a little bit. And then Greg Wiseman sitting right next to me, he leans forward. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm uh, Greg Wiseman. You might know me as the creator of Gargoyles. And I think I audibly gasped, like, <laughs> At that point, <laughs> like, I think I asked Jeff and he was like, yeah, you did. I think you could hear it. Um, but then he's like, did you just finish uh, wrapping up uh, Young Justice? You know, I, like, the, I think at that point it was like the first season or whatever. And he just starts reeling off all this stuff that he's done. And then, of course, right next to him is Joe Kelly. And it's like all of these guys have worked in TV. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I doing up here? Like, who thought this would be a good idea? Like, I just picture like these these people just sitting around like, who can we mess with? Like, who can we screw with during this show? You let's get some nobody and just throw them on the panel with these other guys. Right. That's, that's awesome. But, 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 you know, like for, for that to be your first panel experience, what what a great way to cut your teeth, you know, just kind of throw you in baptism by fire, you know, It, it was very much like that. Yeah. I think afterwards, you know, I, I, uh, I was having like a little bit of a, you know, a panic attack. I had to like go in the bathroom and totally take understand. deep breaths. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. But, I... um, but it was funny because after the panel was over, I was like, man, am I glad that's over. And uh, Wiseman was just like, uh, oh, what, you know, why? What, what, yeah. What's wrong? Whatever. And I was like, this is the very first panel I've ever done. He's like, oh, I don't think anyone could tell, you know? And <laughs> Joe Kelly, like, because, you know, everybody's shaking mm-hmm. hands and, everything of the other thing. Um, Joe Kelly is shaking my hand. And at this point, my wife walks up and, um, and he, and Joe Kelly's like, did I hear you say this was your first panel? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I really like what you had to say. I thought you did a great job. And my wife's like, see, <laughs> cause she knew I was terrified with the whole thing. And I'm saying that as I'm shaking his hand, Neil, shake my hand. As I'm shaking his hand, I'm like, he's full of shit, honey. <laughs> 
And Joe Kelly just kind of looks at me weird for a second. And I was like, no offense, no offense. You're you're a great guy. And then, like, after I left there, I was like, oh, my God, why did I say that? (laughs) That's awesome. What a what what a great story. I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's embarrassing. But uh, but still, it's you know, it's definitely a teaching moment. Right. You know, Mm. after that, you've done more. Uh, panels and, and talks. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's gotten easier, right? Yeah, I mean, generally, I, you know, I I had I took theater in high school for four years to try to deal with anxiety, like that sure. I you know felt and everything. Um, and uh, I thought I had gotten past all this stuff, but apparently, it's one of those things that you kind of have to keep with it because, like, mm-hmm. I I seriously it was like stage fright, like sitting up yeah. there. You know, and I, and I think all writers probably experience this too, like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, Ron, Ron Fortier actually told me that every time he puts out a new book, he's like, he's like, I wonder if this is going to be the time to discover I'm a hack. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it, it, I think it's, it, it's, uh, you know, imposter syndrome is definitely something I, I deal with, you know, that um, I have, you know, some anxiety and depression issues. And, uh, you know, it, but it's, it's not just like guys like us, you know, you, you hear, uh, you read those stories about like Paul McCartney from the Beatles. Mm-hmm. He's, he still deals with that. He's, he's pushing 80, you yes. know, and he's, he's had an amazingly storied career. Um, so it's, it's something that I think if you're human, you probably deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know? I think all creatives, like anybody who works in the type of field in general, it seems like it. It kind of goes hand in hand, that right. type of, uh, you know, right. torture. It, you know, that might be a great uh, uh, panel topic is dealing is, you know, something on, you know, the anxieties of creating. I look forward to watching someone else do that panel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. You know, yeah, not right. Re- yeah. You don't have to throw yourself to that one. You've already cut your teeth. So, yeah. Um, no, but that but that's that's a great story. You know, Neil, you know, you've gone to just copious amounts of other events and, and you know, you're producing your own with with, uh, you know, Todd now. You know, do you have any, uh, uh, you know, con stories that, uh, you know, just really stand out for you? Oh, con stories. Yeah, <laughs> I've got an OK one. Uh, which really relates more to me as a journalist than it did to the convention itself, but it's still a funny story. Uh, so I got sent to Wizard World Des Moines the first year that it ran. Okay. Uh, they asked if I would attend, so my wife and I went. And as a part of that, being invited as a media guest, they let us interview Kevin Sorbo before the convention started. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I, this is... This is one of those things where I always come off as an asshole in Kevin Sorbo conversations. He was an angel to me. He was so polite. He recognized my wife and spoke to her as if she was in the room, which is rare. Uh, He was conversational. He cared about what we had to say. Cool. And he checks in on me still. I occasionally get emails from him and I never send him anything. But I occasionally still get an email just like, hey, man, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, and it, it shocks me because a good portion of our interview back and forth, I yeah, uh, g- 
God is Not Dead had just come out. That was why he was at the convention to promote that. Oh, okay. I could not get off of Nietzsche's God is Dead. And I, I don't know why it was like verbal diarrhea. I could not stop bringing it up. It's all we talked about. Wow. <laughs> and even in that antagonistic a setting, he was polite and still chooses to remember me. I know yeah. he opens his mouth too much on Twitter, and I'll agree he says some horrible things, but he was nothing but great for me. Right. Nice. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That, you, you do have like these perceptions of, you know, these, you know, guests and celebrities sometimes. And, you know, they're, you know, being on social media too, they can, you know, just you know, spew out all kinds of stuff. But it's, it's really, you know, kind of heartening, you know, when, you know, when you meet these individuals and it's contrary to that. And, you know, and I always, you know, kind of feel good when I'm proven wrong on, on stuff like that, you know. Um, it even goes just a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. Because we were in a line of, like, uh, they had a very much like between the ferns setup going on. There was a drape and two chairs. And then they were just exchanging the media people out of the chair. Yeah. And the woman before me was from a local news outlet mm. and they had an open bar, which she had been generously attending to. Uh, and so by the time she got to her interview, she was just throwing herself on him. That's all the interview was. Ooh. Her time ran out. He excused himself, made her leave and invited me and my wife in. And I, I was like, man, if you can turn down a drunk blonde who is just ready to go right now? Yeah. For this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is, that's awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah. What, what a great story. Um, you know, having, you know, gone through those type of experiences, have you been able to apply any of that to like, you know, you know, Wicked West? Um. I almost hate to say it, but yeah, because my knowledge of the convention circuit and the people in it is fairly grassroots. Uh, as I said, yeah. I came up in journalism, so I met people when they were just starting out. I met the people who wanted to talk to me, yeah, uh, which is generically newcomers, years ago. And I've seen these people come up into other jobs and become famous and become artists of note. But I know all the secrets, Dan. I know all the dirty little body hiding secrets. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and it, nice. it it does. It comes into play. Uh, yeah. I will will be considering a guest, and I'll I'll think like, you know what? I saw how he treated staff behind the scenes. I don't want him in yeah. my show. Right. Or you know, this person might not be exceedingly famous, but they are amazing at dealing with the customer. Let's get them in here. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it, it feeds heavily into what we're doing. Yeah, that's, uh, there's that saying like "never beat your heroes," and I right. I think sometimes that can be that can be true. Like mm -hmm. I've definitely met I've definitely met some people that um, I think were a little full of themselves, yeah, a little too much. Um, but then I've met others that are just amazing. Just the the kindest individuals, like you're really taken aback by, like uh, uh, Victor Cook, mm -hmm. for instance, um, uh, 
he's a producer and he's worked on you know tons of stuff uh uh he was a guest so uh, for wicked west last year and that had him out previously for for collins uh comic-con um during the pandemic uh he just called me out of the blue just to check in on me just wanted to see how i was doing uh oh. just very you know very nice sweet man just, yeah you know so you you meet people like that and then um you know like kevin like his experience with kevin sorbo like you you meet these people and um you realize they're just they're just like everybody else um there there are people that that are you know dicks mm-hmm. but I, I think for the most part it is generally a good feel like mo- most of the creators of matter are, are pretty good people that's that that's that's good that's that's always reassuring it's also incredibly endearing to like really build those relationships because you 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 want uh yeah attendees to have like this a similar uh, experience that you have, you know, you, you find these talents that are amazing and, and you want to, you know, kind of champion under your umbrella and, and you just hope that they can connect with, you know, you know, your audience that's, that's coming through the door. Yeah. I, I won't like, I won't name names, but I mean, I've had, I've had people that have reached out it's almost like they expect because we're, we're friends mm-hmm. that I should just be able to give them a table and yeah, yeah right you know. here. Come on. Damn it, <laughs> no, you're not one of those people. We do a table swap with you guys, but it, you know, and I would love to, but then I would, if I gave a table to like everyone, those friend that I wouldn't be able to, you know, we would be able to have the show. And I mean, I, you know, and when I can, I, you know, like to, like to be able to do stuff like that but it's um you know things are unfortunately they, they don't work that way you have to pay for the space and right you know cover the yeah. show but i mean i had but i've had uh i had one person that actually i mean because there's been a couple people and, and for the most part people are generally nice when i tell them like no we can't but i had i did have one person get kind of nasty with me um about not having them uh like not giving them a table um and so it's made me like never want to you know have the show honestly but then you have other people who um will want to fly out on their own dime to be part of it and i i don't get that i'm just like no no of course we need to pay for you to to come out it's yeah um but yeah if i say for every bad experience there's 10 positive ones that's that's good that's good. Yeah, you, you can't uh, can't always count on on everything. You know, you know, being a positive experience, but but at the same time too, you know, they can be teachable moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, hopefully the kung fu gets stronger later. <laughs> there, I've been a, and that's another lesson that uh, just past experience feeds into this. I've yeah. been at conventions where people dealt with. Uh, exhibitors or vendors or guests that they just did not like and did not enjoy having in their building. And it was always a problem for them during the convention. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be horrible, but if we end up grading on each other like that, I'm probably going to choose just not to work with you again. Right. For the overall enjoyment of everyone at the show. Right. Right. Uh, So it, in that cultivating sense, it does become kind of like a family because the people around you are the encouraging ones are the ones promoting growth. Uh, yeah. They're good people. 
Yeah, that's uh, that is pretty awesome about about these type of events. Is you know you are building you know kind of a uh, not only a community but you know hopefully a family. Uh, and so that that's always like the w- one thing I was thinking about too. You know, like when I first met Neil, uh, when I first met you. Um, like you were one of the, like the big supporters, you always came to my table, was always buying stuff and always made sure to go to the next guy and the next guy. And you always left with something. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, we would see your, your treasure trove out there on, uh, um, social media of like all the, the new, uh, you know, offerings that, uh, that you purchased, uh, from all these, you know, different creators. So that's something I always appreciated, uh, you know, with, with you, Neil, and then you know, you know, Todd, you were always you know, very supportive of of everybody and wanting to involve uh, you know people in, in whatever you were doing as well. Um, you know, whether it was you know Foco or, or Wicked West. Um, so so that, that that's something that I will all you know always be grateful as a creator myself. Yeah. Uh, this guy, he he'll tell you that he is not a nice guy. He 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 does not believe he's a nice guy at all, but. Almost everyone that we that we know mm-hmm. uh, just raves about him, like how great he is. Like yeah. everything done, you yeah. know, done, I'm always buying stuff from him. He owns everything that I've ever done. Right, like, it's crazy. I, I think he is one of these people who like encouraged me to, to draw more and sell the sell drawings at the show too, which I still think is ridiculous. But you know, I have a still... portfolio full of Todd's work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I. Uh, Elise and I've been to your house uh, once and, and, you know, we, we've seen like your, 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 your collection. It's, it's pretty awe inspiring. I mean, you literally have a library of, you know, things that uh, um, are no longer attainable, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I know you've got a collection of mine and, and a lot of stuff that I never wanted, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think, you know, that Wolverine is gorgeous, and everyone loves me, <laughs> so you know. God, yeah, I re- I, re- I show it to everyone, Dan. I have a Batman that Dan, that Dan, that uh, Dan did. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was like for sale, I think, at the Dink auction or something like that. That's, was it? Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of emptied out to, for that show. I I, I emptied out to, you know my collection of stuff that. I completely forgot about, and the only reason I remember is because Neil has it. Yeah, I like the, uh, there's a colored pencil shaded zombie missing his lower jaw, so the tongue is just kind of... I remember that, yeah. Yeah, That's a really cool one, too. Thanks, thanks. (laughs) Uh, But to speak a little bit to going around the convention, I, and I don't mean to brag at all, but there's been a lot of talk lately just in the world about privilege and position in the world. It came to my attention that I was walking into a convention at a fairly privileged point having a stack of money. Like I would save all year so that when I went to a convention, I had a lot. And most folks don't do that. And most folks can't attend to everybody. So the first couple of years that I went to conventions, I would find one person and blow the lot on a name, you know, get somebody famous to do me a really nice commission. Right. But then as I walked around meeting people, doing journalism, I I came to understand that there are smaller people who are there on their own dime that are just trying to get by. And their work is just as good at an eighth of the cost. 
Yeah. Uh, and it is more worth my time as a collector and an investor to walk around and buy one piece of original art from everybody here who's not famous yet than it is to go to the guy who's already famous. Yeah. Because if I get 40 pieces from different people, there's a good chance seven or eight of them are going to make it somehow. Yeah. And an early piece of original art. Yeah. It's a big strategy. That's that, true. And, that and also, I was going to say, I also think it's important too, like to buy from those people because the guest, um, while fantastic, somebody's paid for them to be there likely. They, their hotel room is taken care of. Uh, their table is free. Um, whereas these other people really have to kind of take a chance on themselves. They have to, they have to get a hotel room. They have to pay for that table. And the bigger these cons get to, the more expensive the tables get. Right. And, you know, it, it, it becomes really uh, costly. So you're just trying to, a lot of times I think, break even with some of the larger shows. It really is. I hate to say it with like the, the really big shows. A lot of times it's really just about exposure um, because by the time you factor in the cost for the table, the travel, yeah. the hotel, it's, uh, it's, it's, you've sunk a lot of money into it. And so you might not get it back. It might just be about meeting people while you're there. Right. Right. Just the, the opportunity and the, the network. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, yeah, I've uh, I, I've been there as a as a creator too, um, and it's not something you know I I'd really want to go back to, uh, and I do like these smaller events because they're more intimate. You can mm -hmm. you know, discover more. There's less noise. Um, you know, I think the last time I went to San Diego Comic Con, I I went as a fan. I lasted two hours, man. That's it. I was, I was so overwhelmed. I, yeah, I just wanted to go home right after that. You know, uh, I, I realized I don't do too well as a fan. Uh, it's, it's hard if you want to get in on those panels, I think at the, at, at San Diego, like we went, uh, this last year, um, cool. a group of us and yeah. just, you know, we walked around and talked to some, talked to some friends. And I think I went to all of three panels that were all by, uh, my friend josh werner i oh. think that, like we just went to those i've but, ever attended a panel in san diego yeah not worth my time it's just nice. yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it, i mean it, for the larger ones they have lines you know wait like outside right. people are right. still waiting in it uh for that hall h you know trying to get in that hall h yeah but actually i would like to bounce back just for a second to exhibit uh, and the guys that pay for the tables, one thing that we wanted to make different in our convention is a lot of the guys that pay for tables never even see their name on the website. Uh, the shows do very little to promote the local common artist that right. is basically tent polling their show. And that was one thing we wanted to be different. So every exhibitor, regardless of what they're doing, gets a unique URL slug on our website. Everybody gets their own page to demonstrate what they're doing, write their own bio, have their art on display, so that before the convention, people have a chance to peruse the website and say, hey, I see that Stanley Kaiju Bunny stuff. Looks pretty awesome. We should probably stop by that guy's table, <laughs> as an example. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. The, uh, but but that's uh, that's a good point, you know, because you know, too many too many exhibitors get lost in the noise or get lost in the shuffle. 
Um, and and that, that, that can be incredibly uh, infuriating, uh, you know, when you as an exhibitor or as a creator have made this investment to, to go and try and uh, compete and, and sell your wares. Um, you know, we just get, get, oh, go ahead. I was going to say real quick, because uh, we mentioned the exhibitors and we mentioned uh, the guests, but I also want to talk a little bit like about the fantastic encounters area um, that we have at our show because it's it's something that i'm really excited about personally yeah. because um i have a lot of friends that are prop makers cool and if you came last year then you probably saw the job of jabba's palace set that was over there uh, that the creations brought um there's lucy the velociraptor that sam marcus uh brings i think this whole jurassic park setup and then uh uss tiburon a star trek fan group is there there's a lot of really cool cosplay photography opportunities there. yeah yeah it's it's just a place where we wanted people to be able to go in and take pictures because one of the things i loved about denver comic-con um the first couple of years and, and this last year they kind of brought it back too is they had more like photo op areas where you could go get your picture taken with like a car you know um like the car from the delorean from back to the future or mm -hmm. uh, uh What's another one I've seen? Ghostbusters car. Uh, Ghostbusters car, yeah, which we're going to have Ghostbusters at at our uh, convention too. We might even have like a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. We just have cool. to see how we're going to be able to get him into the building. Right. He might be. But, Bring uh, it in through the hangar doors, right? Come on. Mm -hmm. He might be too big for that. Might he have might to put him in sideways. Just put him in sideways. Lay him on his back. Yeah. And just, you know, just slide him in. You know, just just lay there the whole weekend, buddy. Don't get up. Yeah, I think he might be like uh, twenty one feet tall or something like that. Oh. He might be up there. Yeah. I don't know. As with but, all difficult problems, it's a matter of lubrication and manipulation. And then, yeah, uh, that's right. So well, he is our marshmallow. Uh, we also have uh, a gaming area that people I think missed last year, mainly because we didn't have programs last year. We're running everything off the phone. We were thinking we were being environmentally friendly, and people would use their phone as for the map. But yeah, unfortunately, they still missed it. And I think part of it was the, the placement of tables we had for people to eat from the cafe. Mm. Um, but over in the uh, over in the other area, like past the fantastic encounters and past the, uh, the panel rooms, there is a gaming um, arena where Griffin Games and Comics and uh, Olympus Games and Comics from Cheyenne um, are going to be doing two two Warhammer events like I guess they're like tournaments or whatever. I'm, yeah. Honestly, I'm not really that into the, um, you know, tabletop gaming, but they're going to be doing those there over the course of the weekend. And um, if, by the way, if you like gaming, we don't have a lot. I mean, as far as tabletop gaming, but the very, the next weekend after us is the Cheyenne gaming convention. I want to, I want to give cool. those guys a plug too, because they, they put on like a fantastic show and um, they work really hard. Unfortunately, we're like the weekend right before them. And, it was something that couldn't be helped. It was either this weekend or Easter weekend, and we didn't want to nice. do it on the weekend. So. Right, right, right. Uh, so we just got a few more minutes, guys. But uh, real quick, you know, what else do you want to plug uh, about uh, about Wicked West? And then, you know, where can you get tickets? Uh, well, tickets can be had at the Wicked West Comic Expo site, which is, I know it's a long one. It's wickedwestcomicexpo.com. Uh, but we just can, posted up the ticket sales so you can get that yeah, there. you can you can you can get it from the facebook site too there's a link yeah uh, oh, no. that 
that should have uh, that should have gone live at ten o'clock this morning, so people can buy those tickets right now. Yeah. Oh, and cool. Realistically, uh, we would just want people to know that we're out there, and uh, and we've got some good stuff. Oh, oh, God! I kind of forget this. Uh, Cap for Kids. It's a fantastic. Yeah. Um, as you know, like they are actually going to be running a cosplay contest for us for two days. So on both days, there'll be a contest and, you know, they have a bunch of prizes, uh, for everyone. They always so, come up with really cool stuff yeah, to give away so, in their contests. And, uh, if you don't know for cap for kids, who cap for kids are, please just, you know, look them up on Facebook as, uh, they're. They visit hospitals as superheroes yeah. and are generally really cool folks. And, and, yeah, and help sponsor uh, kids, too, that, uh, you know, whose families are, are struggling. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Man, that's, that is awesome. That's, that's, that's a great cause to get, you know, get behind. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, down below, yeah, for everybody that's watching, we do have, uh, you know, the, the website where you can go get tickets uh, scrolling at the bottom. So make sure you get a screen grab of that. And uh, after this broadcast, go buy your tickets. Darn it. Totally. Go buy your tickets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you say? And, and more importantly, too, like, you know, go buy your tickets. Go support independent, uh, you know, creatives, independent artists. You know, you know people that are making all these, you know, great stories and comics and, and you know, animation uh, that enrich your lives and make life worth living. Yeah. It's the basis oh, for the next decade oh, movies. Let me, uh, oh. let me a, a, a shout out to our, our sponsors, um, Old Stash Publishing. Uh, the guy behind that, Drew uh, Bankston, he, um, he's a, a writer. He's got a book coming out in September. But yeah, he's a fantastic guy. Uh, he, he's one of our sponsors. Nerd Team Thirty, of course, is one of our sponsors. And uh, Ames Ahoy is uh, one of our sponsors, and they are actually bringing like at least four four old school arcade machines there for you know for people to play on. Those are free play, so yeah. you don't have to put any money in. So pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Neil, Todd, thanks so uh, so much for being so generous with your time and coming on and, and talking a little bit more about your event and and you know letting us uh, learn you know, more about you and, and what you guys uh, have planned. Well, thanks for giving us this opportunity to talk about it. What do you say? And and uh, Todd, thanks for bringing Neil on to be your spokesperson. Yes, yes, thank you. And thank you, Neil. Mm -hmm. Wicked awesome tales. And uh, love you, Dan. Just, you know. Uh, we could have done this meeting too. in person, you know. There would have so been more groping. Hugging, yeah. Oh, hugging. Yeah, yeah. that's why this is well, online, because I am allergic to human touch. I'm the boy <laughs> in the bubble. That's too bad. I have a lot of touch to give. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, stick around for a little bit while we sign off. But uh, again, yeah, thanks, guys, for, for being on here. And uh, yeah, to everybody that uh, that tuned in, thanks so much, guys. Uh, make sure to, to go to uh, wickedwestcomicexpo.com. Get your tickets right away. They are going to go fast. It's an amazing event. Uh, you bring the family. Uh, you know, if you yep. don't have a family, rent one. Kids 12 and under get in free. Excellent. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then uh, for our sponsors, uh, special thanks to Mutiny Information Cafe. If you're going to st 
start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. And uh, to Hellfire Entertainment, thanks for rebroadcasting us on your social media, uh, Groovy TV, and uh, of course uh, to uh, Alien Donut Films, to, to Bill over there, and uh, Angela Joseph uh, Productions. Uh, thanks for putting up with uh, my shenanigans, and of course uh, my producers, uh, Lily Fisher, Amanda Armstrong, and Stefan Santa Cruz. And to everybody out there, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, be good, be kind, help each other out during tough times, and stay spooky. Have a good Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror, September 15th through the 17th.